Hello, how are you? Today, I'd love to interrupt your day and tell you all about a brilliant, often forgotten place in Coventry, Bell Green. When was the last time you visited Riley Square? Do you remember it when it first opened in the 60s? A hub and hive of activity with people queuing to get into the busy shops. Or are you thinking of it now? A grey concrete jungle of tower blocks, the sounds of multiple languages, and them fighting the tide against its now seemingly bad reputation. We'll settle down and take a break for a while, as over the next hour we'd love to share with you the voices and sounds of Riley Square. Welcome to Digital Spaces Present. Hello, I'm Claire. Great to have you listening today. And this is our third podcast series for Digital Spaces. Just a note, we've also featured Tile Hill and Fosal, if you're interested. The work we're talking about today is all part of a showcase which is on display in July at the Central Library. If you're there listening to this playing out right now, then pop down and say hello. Come and see some of the work and the people we're talking about for yourself. But first, I'd love to introduce you to some of the folk we'll be hearing from today. Let's begin with Frank. Well, I like coming up here in the afternoon. I like saying hello to the ladies because they're very, they're very friendly. I get on with them great. And if I if they have a close, I'll miss them. Second up is Anthony. I've lived here since 1973 and it's not a bad place. There's worse places, must be. And I'm quite happy here with my lot. And third, Sherry. If I could rename Bow Green, I would call it Bow Pink, just because I think when the sun sets in the square, as it is now, there's this beautiful pink tone that reflects, bounces off the concrete floor. Bow Pink would be a lovely name to change our perception. Plus there's Adrian, Susan, Tala, Monica, Mariusz, Sarah and Jane. We'd better get started. Now, almost a year ago, two artists known as Giorgio and Tolly, also Rebecca and Daryl, were given the green light to go and immerse themselves into the community of Belle Green. Their aim was to capture these unheard stories of the people that lived there and reconnect them to their local library, a space that has always been a stalwart in the area. But in recent years, the library has began branching out into new territory, exploring how to use digital technology. And recording the stories of its library members and neighbours was a focal point for our artists in residence, some of which we'll hear more of in this podcast series. But there's something else I want to share with you. This. Have a listen. These are sound recordings of Riley Square in present day. Just the sounds of ordinary people going about their day. The windy tunnels between the buildings. The sounds of the pigeons flying away. These are the sounds recorded by audio and accessibility consultant Gavin Griffiths. Using some very fancy microphones, he worked with Rebecca and Daryl to help us really paint the full picture of what Belgreen sounds like today. Magic, right? Perhaps we should really start by going to meet the artists who have put most of this project together. Let's pretend for a moment we're all stood in the centre of Riley Square right now and listen in to my conversation with Rebecca and Daryl. Enjoy. 
well the sun is shining and um, we've come outside the front doorsteps of the library into Riley Square today a combination of two of the Coventry Library's projects where we've got the Tile Hill guys the caravan gallery in Riley Square we've got members of the public coming bringing their cats bringing their children their grandchildren we've got wheelchairs we've we've got all kinds of people but I brought Daryl and Rebecca outside because this is where you guys spent a lot of your time getting to know the community not just the people who walk in the library but also the people who are in this area I mean what were your expectations when you kind of took on this project um, you know to kind of capture how this place feels i think um as with any project of this nature that we do we didn't come in with any expectations whatsoever i think when you come into a new space and you're experiencing the place physically um, and demographically i think you just have to feel it and that's an organic process and that takes time and we are always careful not to parachute into places and start sticking cameras and microphones in people's faces you know we have to you know we're 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 kind of sort of the aliens arriving so it's we have to kind of embed ourselves into the community and get and people need to be familiar with us and get used to us being around and chatting and you know and then and that's when you start to get to know people because they're getting to know you so that's really important to us always always really and the library you know various riley squares been seen in various guises over the year but what kind of role did you find that the library plays in this community okay well we were hosted by the library we were afforded the opportunity to be in a privileged uh, position really and central to the library because the library in effect um, is, is more than books to um, a lot of people in Bell Green. It's um, a community centre, it's, uh, it's a home, it's uh, somewhere to meet, greet, chat and be and look at the newspapers. So it's the hub of activity really in a way that perhaps I certainly didn't expect. Uh, uh, the library is a lot of things and uh, uh, it's central to uh, daily activity uh, in the square, Riley Square. And also Bell Green, we just had a gentleman who's travelled several miles to come here who comes every week to get his books, use the computer, look at the uh, newspapers. It, it probably plays a role which um, good old traditional community centres used to uh, when these squares were developed in the 60s. I think traditionally there was a community centre at the bottom of the flats, but now the library has to play that multifaceted uh, role. And it's, um, it's a home uh, for people or a stopping point and a, a meeting point. And we really jumped off uh, the library as a base and as a host. And we're thankful for their support to, to go and find people and talk to them and chat to them because, as you know, I'm very good at yapping uh, for England. And uh, I talked people to death until they wanted the opportunity to tell me their stories, really. And uh, we did that, thankfully, uh, because we were hosted by the library. I think we're always fascinated by archives and the history of places and certainly looking to the history of this place, I think, uh, I mean, I personally feel it's great to be adding to that archive in what we're doing. One of our participants said, um, you know, it feels like it could be in a time capsule here, you know, the same ramps, the same steps, the same, you know, this is the same square 40 years ago. It's just looking a bit more tired, obviously, and um, perhaps not so many shops open. Um, but you do get that sense, in a way, of time folding in on itself and overlapping um, because this footprint is exactly as was. And, and I know that we're very conscious of this kind of movement. I, I love the idea of the movement of people through spaces over time. You know, that's, that's a really very evocative and a resonant thing, I think. Um, and as you see, I mean, you know, some people are visiting, some people live here, some people work here. We've heard wonderful stories from people who, you know, at one time or another may have lived in this big tower block that uh, forms part of this square. Um, and uh, you know this this place stands as, as as a testament. It's a bit like a tree in a way. You know, it's, it bears witness. It bears witness to human life We're every day. In the spirits of places, and this place certainly has a spirit. Um, I think the Romans call it, is it genius loci. 
which really means kind of um, how do you present the spirit of a place. You used to have a mark as you entered the gates of the city or the town or the village and you had something demonstrated what the spirit was. And I think it's really interesting on the main entrance and the rear entrance to Riley Square you can come into it so many different ways and that's why architecturally it's a wind tunnel on a machine. It definitely wasn't the day to record outside yesterday. But, you know, let's just kind of pause there because we want to share some of the recordings that you've done, you know, some of the characters that you've met in and about Riley Square. Let's just have a listen to some of the sounds and the people that you've met. Yeah, when I moved into Dewey's house, that high-rise flat behind you, it was nice. It was comfortable, really warm, and I lived on the 16th floor, I think, and there were all pensioners up there, it was very quiet, everybody was uh, affable, gone with each other, and it was lovely. And it was nice, like, you know, and I was quite comfortable there. And um, the council got it into their heads that you couldn't move in there if you was under 40. Right? 40 or 50. They changed the rules that people under 40 could now go in there. And that's where all the trouble started. I had a moped when I was in Dewey's house and uh, I used to take it up with me. It's only a little thing, like, you know. And you could get, get it in the, in the lift dead easy. Of course, if you're coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning, nobody bothers you anyway. And, uh, but if the lift was broke down, I had to carry it up 16 flights of stairs. <laughs> Well, you're fit. So one day, hey, well, I must have been. Uh, one day I left it outside here, out, just outside there for about 10 minutes. Somebody come out and nicked it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I found it wrecked about 10 miles away, like, you know. I think Belle Green's a, a perfect example of an inner city British precinct. I remember out by the Henley Road, through those kind of, it's like you're entering like a kingdom or something. There's like a flat to there and then you're going into this sort of tunnel. Most of the time we were coming here for shopping, so there was always a chemist, I think, on the left-hand side. And as you came through, the wind would sort of hit you. So you're sort of walking against the wind. And then straight ahead, you had Woolworths. And then to the left, you had TSB, Lloyds Bank, Barclays Bank. And then on the right-hand side, as you came down the slope, you had the place where you used to go for your school uniforms. And I remember when we'd be queuing there, I'd be left there for an hour while my dad and that would go off and do some shopping and then come back. I remember being told off once that someone had just gone straight in front of me. And you'd be in there like, it was a bit like, are you being served? You know, like like you're just this kid, like they're putting a blazer on and they're chucking a tie at you. And then you'd go into, across the road to Woolworths. And I remember they used to do like a pick and mix thing. I've never been able to be allowed to have any of the sweets out of a pick and mix, but seeing other people take stuff out and weigh it, I'm wondering whether you'd ever you know, be able to taste anything like that. It was, a, it was a tough place. It was tough, really tough. It's quite hard to explain, really, but back in the 80s, well, especially that earlier part in the 80s, being brought to the library was like a day out even though I'm not very good at reading or anything, but it was that whole adventure of all of us being brought into this place and allowed to pick a book. Or I think they used to have records there as well. You could flick through the records and have a little look round. Belle Green was like our hub, really. I'm a senior librarian at Belle Green Library. I've been here for seven years tomorrow. Yes, I do live local to Bow Green, and what's special for me is I was actually born and bred in Bow Green. When the actually the building of Riley Square was actually starting and got erected and built in 1964, the year I was born, and I have a lot of uh, very good memories. My first memories of Riley Square were the amount of good shops that were around in the area. Dick Shepherd's the bicycle shop, we had the electricity board where everyone, parents would go and pay the bills, the gas board if you needed 
a cooker, you would go to there. We were fortunate because we had the new big Sainsbury's that was uh, in the corner of Raleigh Square by the flats, a large quick save, a couple of pharmacists, a shoemaker, sketchless cleaners, fruit and veg, two lovely bakeries, one was called Storers, that's still luxury bakeries there now, and the other one was Gladdin's. Um, my eldest sister Anne worked in Gladdin's and she also worked at the Fish and Chip Shop Charlie's Place on the front of Bow Green, Raleigh Square. So there was a vast, busy shops within the community here. A lot of things have, have changed. Before there used to be loads of groceries, there used to be people telling stories about hanging rabbits and I remember the cobblers, I remember um, the fish and chip shop, the Chinese. I love the library. <laughs> and there used to be a really nice library before that one existed. But the library's always been a place where I felt comfortable. So I was an avid reader, I loved books. I got through the young teenage section to the young adult section. And I used to just hide at the library. So Bow Green Square is a four-dimensional vortex space. There's lots of angles, lots of avenues, similarly to maybe a board game, so i.e. a Monopoly Square, where you've got lots of different properties around that serves different purposes, or you may go off a tangent where your experience can be changed by the direction of where you walk because you have got a mixture here you've got residential here you've got businesses you've got locals if i had a million pounds i would do a massive clean-up of bow green square make it shiny and bright it is a very hard surface area, there's a lot of concrete, so that concrete creates a lot of grey tones, which obviously can be quite depressing. We don't want to feel depressed in a space, so we want to feel warm. And If I could rename Bow Green, I would call it Bow Pink, just because I think when the sun sets in the square, as it is now, there's this beautiful pink tone that reflects, bounces off the concrete floor and the windows that are on the residential apartments and the windows in the shops. So Bow Pink would be a lovely name to change our perception of this area. Ooh, I like this one. Four years here, nine years in this country, not longer. We don't speak like English, we speak Urdu, our Punjabi, mother tongue. I can speak like three languages. English is not but like I'm expert, but I can convey my message and I can receive the message. And Urdu is my uh, national language and Punjabi, mother tongue, Pakistan. We have to change from inside for others. We do respect. Men, women, kids, Muslims, Sikh, Hindu, Christians, Jews. I know this country is uh, giving respect women's and kids very, very. I, I really appreciate it, to be honest. Life is very short, to be honest. Life is very short. When the hour is end of the evening, our, li our lives, we never know. So we have to respect each other. Thank you. I came here 50 years ago. Well, I came into Coventry to work. I met somebody, my wife. It's been 50 years this year. And she's just died. She died in August. Broke me to the heart. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I wouldn't walk around here on my own, even in daylight. When I first came here, everybody knew everybody else, and you'd go in the flats and have a cup of tea and a natter, a gossip. But that sort of stopped. And nowadays, it's individual. I live here. 
and I've learned to like the place. I'm not in love with the place. I flattened a lot and make a park of it, in all honesty. What made me cry, practically, was there was a load of conker trees, horse chestnut trees, and they ripped the lot down, destroyed them, and they're on about atmosphere change and all the rest of it. You need, you need your trees and your leaves for the carbon and all the rest of it. And yet they ripped a load of trees down. They're beautiful. Green leaves. In the spring, you've got all the blossom on them. I'm 80 years old this year. I've lived here since 1973. And it's not a bad place to live. There's worse places, must be. And I'm quite happy here with my lot. Uh, my name is Susan and I am the development manager for Balbuen Library. The people that come into our library are amazing. The kindness, the welcome, the willingness to be involved in things, um, you know, has, has made a difference. We think we've made a difference as well to people's lives. In fact, we know we have because we've they've told us their stories about what it was like before they came into the library and started joining in our sessions, how lonely they were and isolated, and how we've given them a reason to come out, meet friends, socialise. Um, so we know we've made a real difference. In the few years that I've been involved in this library and in this area, I know that we've touched people. And it's not just about reading, it's about bringing a community in and sharing history, sharing their knowledge of the area. Um, and we've been so welcomed. It's been a, a, a joy to be here. But when my, my first impressions were not that it was going to be like this. So I've been overwhelmed, as my colleagues will tell you. We're all, we all feel grateful to be here. Our thanks to all of the people who recorded and spent time with Rebecca and Daryl as part of the Digital Spaces project over the last year. Here's the name of the people you've just heard in chronological order. There was Frank, Adrian, Jane, Tala, Sherry, Sarah, Anthony and Susan. You can hear the rest of their stories in full as part of the rest of this podcast series. Pop down to our showcase downstairs in the Central Library and borrow one of our tablets or click next episode to keep listening. By the way, something else pretty cool happened in March this year. BBC Radio 3 made a slow radio programme from some of the archives you've just heard. I know, how amazing is that? A whole 30-minute BBC programme about Belle Green. It's still available on the BBC Sounds app. If you search Riley Square, have a listen. But just a few weeks after the programme aired, Rebecca and Daryl brought together some of the voices featured in this archive to have a listen to their recordings. One of the people who came to that workshop was Frank, and it's fair to say he cringed listening to himself on the radio. <laughs> but he did give us a little more time to tell us about how big a deal the library is in his life. This is my conversation with Frank, recorded as part of the workshops in April. Well, I like coming up here in the afternoon. I like saying hello to the ladies because they're very, they're very friendly and uh, they're fun and all. You know, and uh, they're, they're always positive in what you do. And help you. I mean, only Jane the other week. I never had my library card on it. I was looking for a book, but it was down the main office, right? And she said, uh, "I'll get it for you." And she did. I thought that was very nice of her, like, you know. But they're very, very friendly down here, and I like coming in here for that. You know, I can't stand sitting in that house. When you retire, you'll, you'll know about these things, like you know. I mean, you get so fed up, and you start to lose it up there a bit. <laughs> you do, honestly. Yeah. You do. You do, mate. You start talking to yourself and things like that, like, you know, and uh, you start doing things, ridiculous, stupid things, just to try and make you busy. I do come up here. The only time I don't come up here is on a Wednesday and a Sunday. But... And that's because it's closed? That's because it's closed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so every, every day when it's well, open, you come, come in? Up, I don't come up to see the ladies. I come up here to take a book out or read the Telegraph or something like that, just for half an hour, an hour. 
And that's it. I say cheerio to me. I say cheerio, and that's it, Lord. You know. But the buddy noise. Well, what is it about this space that you love? I mean, as well as the people, but you know, like, is it the peace? Is it the quiet? Of course, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no trouble, is there? You don't get no yobs in here, do you? <laughs> they obviously know who you are for sure. Well, they call me Frank. We're, yeah. on, we're on first name titles, like you know, mm. and uh, that's it. That's why I like coming up here. So this area, Riley Square, has changed so yeah. much. But the library yeah. is almost like that kind of beacon that's stayed here. No matter what's changed, well, the shops... Be, it used to be at the back here. It did, yeah. On the main road, like, you know. And I never used to come in. I think I've been uh, coming in this library now for 22 years. Wow. But um, I never used to bother with the libraries. Then one day I thought, oh, yeah. I thought I'd pop in there, like, you know. And that's when it got me. Mm. That's when it got me, like, you know, you can pop in there, in and out, any time you like. And what about, like, you know, they're bringing in, like, the computers now, they've got the adult education, they're, they're teaching... Well, listen to me, my dear, I'm useless. I'm useless because I've never done them. But when I got my first job up the Peugeot, the gaffer sat me down in the office and said, right, this computer, get on. I said, well, what do you mean, what do you want me to do? I hadn't got a clue how to switch it on. Yeah. Because I knew nothing about it, I'd been learnt nothing. Because I'd been on the dole for about eight years. Because mm. I'm looking after me dad because he's very ill. And after about an hour, he says, You can't do that, can you? I said, No, I can't do it, Lord, you know. And uh, I still can't do it now. I'll get my nephew to do it. Look, the other week when I came in, it came in for a renewal of my uh, driving license. Mm. And they said you could do it online or fiddle for me, Lord, you know. And I thought I'll go up and ask one of the staff, Ellie, who's there. I brought in and said, Ellie, can you do this online for me? Because I can't do that online. Yeah. I'm absolutely useless. Yeah. And I bet you a lot of people my age can't do it either, like, you know. And, uh, yeah, she got it in. She got, she got it in the queue. She's tapping away, tapping away. I ain't got a clue what she was doing. Like. She did it. She's done it within three weeks. She's done it within about two or three minutes. And my license come through with two or three days, like, you know. Yeah. And, not, and that's the thing, because so many things that are online now, aren't they? Well, Is that I, frustrating? I I'm not into it. I'm just no. not into it. I mean, anybody of my age, unless they're in, you know, I can't do it. I'm a pencil and paper man and cash and carry. That's it. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you have to carry your cars around with you now. Now you just can't help it, like, you know, mm-hmm. for identity and things like that, like, you know. But if I need anything, when I can't understand, the staff down there will help you. They will. And they'll do it with a smile. What was it like? When lockdown happened, yeah. and obviously this place wasn't open, yeah. what impact did that have on you? Well, I'll tell you, Wednesday they don't open, and Sundays they don't open. And I think, oh, Wednesday, what am I going to do Wednesday afternoon? <laughs> and what I do is uh, I jump on the bus somewhere, go downtown, and I walk for an hour. <coughs> I usually go out for an hour's walk in the morning <coughs> for exercise. Yeah. Come back, do a bit of cleaning up, get a dinner on, get some grub. And uh, come up here for an hour, then go for another hour's walk. But come Wednesday and Sunday, that crowd down there disturbs my routine. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, they got out of the day. You I know. You get into a routine at my age. Yeah. You do, like, you know, you get into a routine. What time you get up and yeah. everything, like, you know, how many cups of tea you have and things like that, like, yeah. you know. I won't go. I haven't had a holiday now for three years mm-hmm. because all my relatives, my brothers passed away. But they've all gone, my mum, dad, uncles, they've all gone. So these are, these essentially, the staff here are like your friends. They are. They are a new family well, for you. Well, it depends what you mean by friends. What you do know. you mean? Um, somebody to come say hello to. Yeah, they know me, yeah. Yeah. Well, they call me Frank. I wouldn't be lost without you, but I'd miss it. Yeah. I would miss it, of course I would. Because yeah. I, like, I like coming in and seeing their cheerful faces. And it cheers me up. And they're funny and all sometimes. Just sometimes. I have a crack with them and all, like, you know. <laughs> I bet you do. Stupid little cracks, like, you know. <laughs> I like to get on with people, like, you know. Yeah. And uh, I get on with them, okay. I think they'll tell, don't ask them, but I know they'll say the same, like, you know. Yeah. But um, I will, if, wherever I'm said to close it down or oh, I can't go out because of illness, that's my biggest fear, illness, you know, mm. going gaga or having an injury or something like that, like, you know. I'm 79 now, so I ain't doing too bad, like, you know. I mean, if there was one thing that you could say to the library staff here, what, what you. would you say? Thank you. Thank you very much. 
They were, I get on with them great. And if I if they have my clothes, I'll miss them. So you are Ellie, who I have just heard a lot about from Frank. However, I think someone might be coming. Well, you do your job. I'll let you do your job. I'm downstairs, I come down the stairs, and let me just tell you while Ellie's just doing her thing about this library. You know, we've just come from upstairs where the private meeting rooms are, the space for adult education. Downstairs, when you walk through the library, there is a main reception area straight in front of you, but to the left is all the books. Talking books, large print, fiction, new books, horror stories, fantasy fiction. There's a t- there's one there for chick lit, there's children fiction, there's DVDs. And in the other side of the library is where we see some of the computers, the notice boards. You know, there is... Um, like an um, electronic check-in point here, there's stand-up computers here. There's even a display from the um, nearby college of some of the um, artwork from some of the students. So you can see all this kind of space. There's VR headsets as well. You can have a go doing virtual reality library. So much more than just coming in and borrowing a book. A lady here has got a few magazines that she's picking up. Um, from Elliot reception and outside you know is the main square and you know it's got here like Trojan Gym coming soon farm foods it's got the indoor market you know but it's really quiet you know there are lots of pigeons there's rolling cans in the wind a real kind of sense of the place just looking here at you know some of the the leaflets here there's a box here that's period poverty project you know free sanitation it's got what's happening at the warwick art center it's got all these you know free sessions for little acorns for children what's on for coventry city of culture reading well sessions um free at your library there's history projects here cov reads 21 great titles set in coventry by coventry authors The Coventry Big Read is happening at the moment as well. They're aiming to get one million reads and they're popping in little tokens through um, like kind of a a frame, a photo frame to track how many reads that they're getting. There's table here, there's the Mills and Boons corner as we often find ourselves where some of the ladies like to come and read the family sagas. The Daniel Steele, there's a whole section of Daniel Steele here. Um, so you can see just how diverse the display here from the students is titled Capturing Coventry. It's got photos of Fargo. It's got very, very old photos of Spawn Street, of Swansall Gate. Um, what else is here? The Golden Cross Pub, the Council House, um, Old Grammar School. So, you know, there's a sense of here in Bell Green, but also what's happening around in the community. All right, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sorry. So that was a bit of a busy burst, wasn't it? <laughs> we just get random bits like that. <laughs> so Frank was telling me, really, how he knows you all on first-name terms. Yeah, he comes here every day, the library's open, just to sit, read the Telegraph, catch a book. But he also said about how important it is, you know, in you guys supporting him with the digital world, yeah. and mentioned how recently you'd helped him he needed to renew his driving license yeah. i mean is he quite typical of people who come here needing that kind of support yeah i would say um a lot of people need assistance with like with te- technology and using the computers printing emailing and it's a shame because most things now like bureaucratically are all online people filing for different taxes people making credit claims people doing all of that it's all online and they're not sure how to do it so yeah we often help with stuff like that does that surprise you because some people might assume a librarian is literally here to check in a book and check out a book (laughs) um no i think obviously there are limits to how much we can help um so yes um and 
it then depends for, for each person if we have any time to do it and stuff like that but yeah we try and help where we can mm. with certain things as long as it's not too personal mm. we can help and you know do you think enough people know and use the library in this area um we do have lots of regulars which is lovely seeing them but yeah i think a lot of people move to the area and say i didn't realize you were here <laughs> and then we sign them up and then they go oh and you can do this and you can do that oh okay fantastic um so no i think a lot of people don't realize and they don't i think the libraries are definitely underutilized for so many things for example like the dvds um we get so many new books um, for all of the children's books, you know, we have so many parents who come and take 10 or, you know, 15 storybooks at a time. And that would be, you know, ridiculously expensive if you were buying that every other month. But they're all seasonal. We have the displays. Yeah, I think they're definitely underutilised. Mm. I think so. And, you know, what do you think about the library, like its future, you know, kind of also being seen as a digital hub? What does that mean to you? Um... I suppose it means that libraries have probably always been seen as a place of information and now most of that information has gone digital and so the library has to shift its perspective in that sense and offer things that will, you know, please the users in a certain way, like the virtual reality, being able to do so many courses on the computers, being able to, you know, to use and access all of those things and different projects that are now digitally based rather than just a display or a book exhibition and such. So yeah, I think that's how I would characterise it. Ever evolving. I think so. <laughs> well, you've got someone here, I think, who's looking for some help. Yeah, thank you. Hi, you okay, Marjorie? Great to speak with Ellie and Frank and hear what the place really means to him. Well, let's continue to hear from someone else who came to Rebecca and Daryl's workshops. Tala used to visit Bell Green Library whilst attending college just a few moons ago. She and I sat down in a quiet corner of the library and reflected on how engaging in this digital project has made her see the library through new eyes. You can see that the library is still, I guess, the most a live thing about the square at the moment um, because most of the shops have closed down. The number of people walking past the square has reduced because of the college closing. But the library itself, it seems to be still a warm hub that is still drawing people in. And it's also seems to be quite a peaceful haven, which I think in these climates and these times with everything going around is something that's very important to have within cities um, especially in this area because it is high deprivation trying to find resources and trying buying resources for us the library here you've got your books you've got your computers you've got that connection to the internet this whole idea of um, the government connecting people by free internet while well, people need computers they need yeah, yeah yeah they need they need that and this the library is such an important space that it gives that connection to anyone mm. any background you don't even have to speak a good english to come to the library and it's always a place of learning and it's always a place of when you come here you can see that they try to develop it in different ways now you've got like the vr headsets and you've got like the audio um sections of the library as well mm. for me this this just seems to be if if it was completely dark and there was nothing about i think the library itself would be like some glowing entity um, that radiates warmth within the community that you have here if this library disappeared from this square what impact do you think that would have i think i think it'd be very drastic and i think it'd actually break the heart of Heart of, yeah, the Riley Square. Because when you do look around this space, you can barely see people out in, in the square itself. But when you come into the library, you already see people on the computers. You can see people at the corner of your eye sitting down looking at books. The people in this area, it's always been, I guess, a changing evolution of people. And again, migration and learning languages is a key skill and I think the library itself is 
an access, it's a port where people come to. And it's a port where people settle and feel comfortable. I wouldn't even want to think about libraries disappearing. And I think it's, I can't even put the words words together. It would just be so drastic to have libraries disappear, disappearing from these spaces that were originally for bustling and hustling communities and they're literally hanging on by their fingertips but you can see how much importance they are to people's lives. I guess in order for the library to survive you know this word digital comes about a lot doesn't it and the library is looking at how can it create a digital hub so that it it ensures its own survival the changing way of society. What are your thoughts on that? I think with everything, you do have to move with the times. And that digital space is required, especially for people to learn from the library and then compete in the outside world as well. It'd be great to see the library as a a stepping point. They've become a focal point where people can actually learn skills and they don't have to be afraid and it's free. And that's the amazing thing about libraries is they are free to come into, free to use the space for learning, for relaxation, and those spaces are few between. And the technology side of things is something that people have to adapt to and places have to adapt to as well. What have you thought about being involved as a part of this project? Being part of this project, it's it's a really lovely way of actually just being reintroduced back into the area and into the space and actually feeling the area again, I guess. Like coming from when I used to go to college here and coming now, before it used to be, um, I say this actual location and the location is around, it is known for its reputation. And then I look at it now and I'm just thinking, what are the future plans for this space? What is gonna happen? What is gonna happen to the people? Because this whole idea of community and connecting, you need to nurture it. And that is investing in the space that you have. And for people to be happy and for people to enjoy where they are. And that shows you that you're part of a community, that you're important and that you're valued. And that is the main thing, I think, that people need to feel like the part of something. Has this made you think you see yourself potentially having a role or connecting back to this library in the future? Oh my gosh, definitely. Um, the facilities and the libraries have changed so much. Like even just coming upstairs and seeing the meeting areas, I think is that that is great. And also um, seeing how libraries are developing from story times to live music I really think that opening up the libraries for um, different activities and also exhibition spaces and things like that I think libraries um, do have to change the format of how they are and it still makes me appreciate the fact that we still have libraries and that I definitely do want to make sure they do not ever disappear. Um, So yes, if me coming to a library is what I need to do to make sure that it stays open, I will 100% be here. In the last few months, as Rebecca and Daryl's time in Belle Green drew to a close, they began to photograph the faces of the people they'd come to know so well. They took portrait photos in front of the blue shutters of the Redevelopment Centre, a place which sits next door to the library in the square and holds the key to the future of the area and what it might look like in years to come. Their photos captured ordinary people of all ages from and living in the area. With a sense of irony though, as the Redevelopment Office was seemingly closed to the public. They also led guided walks, introducing people they'd met along the way. Over time, they began to know the shop owners and the familiar faces visiting the library every day. It's fair to say they've made friends for life and have become very fond of the area. As we come to close this programme, 
Let's hear again from Rebecca and Daryl. Our mission here was to get take the library outside and look at the, what the library was when it perhaps started because the original library was just around the back here and it was embedded in the community and rethink what its aspirations were because we we're only here for a limited time so what we could do was be a mobile library and that means taking uh, a little bit of fun enlightenment joy and culture outside and how do you do that not in a grand way but through conversation and uh, chatting to people and having a coffee and getting to know people it's very hard for libraries who are very busy under resourced and understaffed to do that and have that kind of community dynamic and engagement by commissioning artists or poets or any one of a number of cultural activities you can bring people in with fresh eyes and they can do the obvious which is go and cross the road and have a coffee with somebody because people are too busy in their own organizations just doing their job and we they had the vision to see that and bring people in and facilitate a commission that allows for that engagement because what's interesting about libraries certainly coventry library services they know what they're struggling with and what needs doing and what they'd like to be and I think that's really helpful because they know what's missing and that's not necessarily their fault that's a kind of cultural problem or a resource problem so what you used to get with um, art galleries and city councils and so on was much more joined up engagement you don't have that infrastructure now so libraries are expected to do a lot more they provide a community spirit in this case but also uh, they're doing uh, an arts and cultural and outreach program which is incredible because they bring people in that are not necessarily interested in the arts, they might be interested in music, not just interested in poetry. It's a very broad dynamic as a gentleman from the rave scene walks past me and goes into the, into, into the square. A lot of our contributors are here today. Uh, it's many things to many people, but the library acts as a host and a home and a hub and a sanctuary, and I think that's really important. And without it, and uh, libraries are under threat, this square would be in real trouble without the library and I think that's a metaphor for many many in various places not just Riley Square and uh, I don't think you know how cataclysmic it would be to not have libraries here because their heart would be ripped out because this is the this is the home uh, to Bell Green we just had a gentleman took some photographs who's traveled in a fair few miles to come here and comes in every Tuesday so it facilitates Riley Square and the library. They facilitate a much larger catchment than Riley Square because that's just metaphorically any British modern new town of the 60s and 70s um, without a community element, without a hub, without a focus, without a heart. And the library certainly that. Uh, these places would die. What, will, um, what do you think you'll think about this project and this place in years to come? Um very fond memories of it um, already and you know on, on that point you know I know we want to we would want to thank all of our contributors that have taken part in this project and will continue to take part in this project um, and including I have to say um, one of the one of the uh, people who was very welcoming of us very early on were the, uh, a couple that run the Polish the wonderful Polish supermarket in this square and we found out yesterday, sadly, that um, Mariusz, it's Monica and Mariusz who uh, run the supermarket in the square. And uh, we found out yesterday that Mariusz passed away. Um, very sad and very, very upsetting. But I felt at least that we have, we did record him. So, and I know that Monica's really, really thankful for that. So she will get those recordings of them talking together. So, I mean, I feel like we've contributed something good there. And, you know, we will have very good memories of, of people that welcomed us very openly when we first arrived here and hosted us and gave us <laughs> food and drink the for man nothing. kept us alive on a wet Monday <laughs> in Riley Square and uh, he saw we were lost souls staggering around a very empty, uh, windswept, rainy Riley Square. And uh, he'll be a big miss and we, we're sorry he's in the projects and we'd like to dedicate a small aspect of the projects to... Uh, yeah, to those guys, really, and say thank you, because um, they were our, our mommies and daddies while we were here. They really did kind of care for us with the things that the library can't do, which is catering. Um, so, it, you know, big, big loss. Yeah, big loss, really. And uh, breaking bread with people is important, and between the two of them across this little um, monopoly board of a square, um, there's an interesting dynamic, and we're just glad to have been part of that, and we'll miss that, and we'll miss the people here.
Well, it's a real story, isn't it, about library being more than books. That's the phrase that keeps coming up in all of these projects. And, you know, let's, um, let's maybe close by having a little bit of a listen to some of your conversations uh, with those guys to, to round off. It's quite a big Polish community. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the Polish people, 80% I think is Polish people that they, they buy the houses there. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite a big Polish community on this area. So we choose this area because it was quite a good opportunity for us, I think, for, for the business. And uh, people are happy we're here. We try to do lots of uh, things which introduce uh, what our food it is. We work with the, with the community officers, they're brilliant here, really good job they do. Yeah. You know? I think it's, it's, it's the best job what they do, is like the best community service uh, is from this Riley Square in Coventry. Um, they really do the good job in here, I saw them in actions. We got but lots of help and support from them, yeah. We have few problems, but... It's not too bad. We result, we result, yeah. yeah, we expect will be worse, but it's not that bad. We like at this place. Uh, I mean, uh, the people which coming here, they really are nice people. But we got customers from different countries, like, you know, Romanian people, English customers, and from Slovakia, Hungary. And they all very friendly. Uh, they coming to uh, try, like, like, different type of food. And they come back, they say, oh, that was really nice. I want to buy more, or I want to try different uh, things. We've got lots of work, but we're happy with that, and we've got quite a lot of customers. And if they're happy, we are happy, we are doing everything to make them happy. And that's where we'll leave things today. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Rebecca and Daryl's work and the stories of Monica, Mariusz, Sarah, Frank, Anthony, Susan, Tala, Adrian, Sherry and Jane. And we hope we've made you ponder what role the library has in your life. Could you help the library become a hub for digital culture? Find out more about how you could become involved in these projects and others by visiting coventry.gov.uk slash libraries. And do visit our showcase to see the photos, the videos and the work we've been talking about. Have a brilliant day, whether you're reading, listening, watching or surfing online. Bye for now. <laughs>